Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send him! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello, welcome back to an edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. My name is Graham, and joining me, well, he could be he could be many things this week. He could be the birth of Sean Fernando Alonso. He could have, there's a lot of things he could have been, but given given the week out to this, it's it's the birthday boy. It's Luke Holmes. How are we doing, Graham? Hi, happy birthday. First time anyone said that to me all day. Great start. <laughs> I was saving it for this. Um, I, th- I assumed you was, but nobody else has said it. Yeah, oh, that's a, that's disappointing. That's two years in a row that's happened. It's embarrassing. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's hard. Um, sorry about that. That's all. I just want a downer to start. We've gone we've gone on to a deep one, but my feelings are running deep this weekend after the after certain things happened. So mm. in race, in terms of racing, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it was a busy, like obviously triple triple crown triple crown weekend. Basically, two out of the three taking place. Le Mans's not too far away. It's not. It's not. Really not. It's but, the next, next round of work. A bit more difficult to follow and watch more so than these two. But overall, I'd say it's been a pretty pretty good triple crown Sunday. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It could have been a lot better. It could have been, been a lot, lot worse. worse. <laughs> hell of a lot worse. It was shaping up to be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, I, it's weird, isn't it? We'll, we'll go through it, but I feel like the Marco Grand Prix could have been a lot worse, and just the way the Indy car, the Indy Five Hundred ended, that could have been a bit better. Yeah, ironic, isn't it? It's weird. Combine, combine the two of them. I think we've got, we've got one good race. Oh, we've had, I think we've had a. Oh no, I think we've had a, a good, good triple crown Sunday. Mm. Regardless, yeah. uh, well, obviously, yeah, for them was a. Uh, Obviously, with the the week that was last week, uh, with the uh, the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix being cancelled, then news was kind of it was a regular week. Really, it was looking nice, and then mm. then the news dropped. Now, jeez, oh, that is dropped. At like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like, I'm trying to. Yeah, so but local time Wednesday morning, I would have to imagine in Japan, mm. and it was as it turned out the rumored Aston Martin and Honda partnership that was officially announced in Japan. Uh, this from 2026 onwards as a works partnership between the two. Obviously, Honda been a bit of a, bit of a seesaw back and forth. Uh, they left. They decided they were pulling out, and then that prompted Red Bull to make their Red Bull powertrain division. Division. They went on a, a big hiring spree to obviously do that, and then Honda then became uh, more and more that Honda was like, "We're still going to help you with this," and then. They had their interest registered for the 2026 regs, couldn't come to an agreement with Red Bull, however however that happened. And now we've... I don't know what that is. Well, yeah. <laughs> and now comes the announcement that Aston Martin is going to be the one they partnered up with. They, they said they had lots of offers, just off the top. From who? I'm going to say, well, who do you think? It's got to be McLaren being one. McLaren or Williams or Haas, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Because Mercedes are basically locked, obviously locked in with themselves. Alpine are obviously locked in for themselves. Uh, the Red Bull Fords are obviously going to AlphaTauri and, and Red Bull. Ferrari is unlikely to change for Haas, but not impossible, I guess. Um, yeah, what teams am I missing? Uh, Audi, of course, are doing their own thing. Yeah, so, literally, it's three options. So lots Sorry. of options, if you want. Sure, if you want to say that. But uh, I guess so. They're not a surprise that we kind of. Kind of 
I guess the rumors kind of they were they were there a few weeks ago, but kind of I think the race were kind of yeah pretty seemed like it was pretty pretty certain it was going to happen. But are you surprised? Like, I guess what's your initial take on this? Are you were you surprised in the end that uh, Aston Martin decided to walk away from a very long-standing partnership with Mercedes? Yes and no. In terms of them advancing themselves to become a works team and step away from having to rely on someone else that's already a team that's a rival, I think this is a good thing. But then in terms of them stepping away from such a long partnership, I think it's a bad thing because they're basically stepping into the unknown. Because I know they've got all the facilities will be in place by that time and Honda know how not to cock up um, joining a new team after failing with it the first time round when they first came back with McLaren and then since Red Bull and AlphaTauri took them on slash Torosso it went a lot more smoother so it's all up in the air I think it's it's a good thing and a bad thing that they sort of ditched like the long standing thing has been you're never going to win as a customer team never ever so I think this was literally the only option unless they hoped that they Porsche or they obviously ruled out themselves building their own engine so I, I, it's, it's it's a completely complicated thing but I, th- I think this is the right move it just might not seem like it initially yeah it's like I have the whole I have, if you count the the, 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 the four ent- uh, four ent- yeah the three entities being Honda Aston and Red Bull obviously Aston I think come away the biggest winners of the bunch and yeah, weirdly, yeah. Red Bull and Honda both lose. Yes, Red, they do. Red Bull lose because they've been... F- now, they, they'll they'll spin it off as, you know... And Horner did try and spin it off. I'll try and find the quote, actually. Uh, he tried to spin it off that they're in a better... Basically, that they're in a better position now building their own... This is, what they, this is what he said, actually. This is on the race. It's called Mitchell Mam. Um, we've outgrown being a customer and for us to have the, the power unit on site on campus integrated fully with the chassis and the synergies that creates with that creates with engine and chassis engineers sitting next to each other for us in the long term the advantages are significant we wouldn't have made that jump had it not been for Honda's withdrawal now you can look at it like that I still think they both would have been better off together figuring it out but it, in a sense Red Bull's hands were kind of tied with obviously Honda's initial decision so they lose out in that way, I think, and Honda lose out by obviously like no longer going to be producing what's certainly at least this to begin this era the, the by far the quickest car of of the um, of this new regs that we've got here, and they've they're missing out on they've missed out because technically even going back to twenty one like that wasn't technically it wasn't a like it was a Honda, but their name wasn't really on it so to speak, for mm. the, for most of the year. I know it kind of came back on near the end. Um, oh, sorry, for, no, sorry, for 22. Sorry, we've we'll been for 22. So their names really hasn't been really there for it, but it obviously was a Honda. It's a, it's a Honda engine, essentially, but they haven't had the official affiliation for the ex- success because obviously they pulled out. So they're missing out on this, this past and current success as well. Their name's not being fully well, attached they've, to only this. Got, they've only got themselves to blame. Yeah, and the and the previous president of the of the of the company who decided to pull the plug on the operation to focus on more greener projects, and then the new president came in and immediately changed his mind once they won a world title. Yeah, so I'll, I'll read you the quote from the CEO Toshihiro Mibe. 
He said, one of the key reasons for our decision to take up the new challenge in F1 is that the world's pinnacle form of racing is striving to become a more sustainable racing series. This is in line with the direction Honda is aiming towards with carbon neutrality. So this, it will become a platform which will facilitate the development of our electrification technologies. Uh, in, light of these many, many, in, light of the, in light of these changes in F1, many young engineers at Honda have expressed their desire to take on new challenges in the Pinnacle Racing Series, insisting that the new F1 regulations will enable us to compete head-on, fully leveraging the skills and technologies Honda has amassed to date. Such ambition to challenge the world's top-class racing is always part of Honda's DNA, dating back to the founding of our company. Taking these factors into consideration, including its effectiveness and opportunity for human resource development, we affirm that we could gain significant value from participation in F1. Hmm. so there there you go so yeah so like Aston come out well and look their their whole reasoning for doing this like again it comes back to the the philosophy of can you win as a as a as a uh, customer team we've seen examples of this but none none certainly none in the hybrid era Uh, the closest thing that comes to mind you you could technically say is um, McLaren Mercedes but even like even then not really no, not really. There has to be a Ferrari engine at some point that's done the business. Um, maybe some mm. of maybe some of it. Maybe fish. Maybe technically Williams Renault. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Generally speaking, though, the, the the success usually comes in the works form, and that's what Aston Martin are getting. And ultimately, the Mercedes link it was always going to become a little bit more. I guess not. I don't want to say stressed or strained, but somewhere in between. Given the jump they made this year, and it's going to be a, a conflict of interest. Yeah. I think is the is the word. Like it's a bit embarrassing that Mercedes are giving another team an engine and it's beating them. Now it might only be by two points or one point now, but <laughs> well, yeah, it's still it's still the it's still the point of you don't sell another team someone else something that you've made and then they do better with it than yourself. That's just embarrassing mm. and bad for the brand. So yeah, I think Mercedes are winners in that sense, and in the same respect, because they're only over. Wow, wow, wow. They're, they're literally down to McLaren and Williams now. That's that's mental, and even yeah. that could dwindle down. Yeah, even more. I would say it's likely McLaren looking to shift away from that. They start there. We know no, they're shopping. Even Williams, yeah, no, even Williams are looking. Like, because obviously Ferrari have lost an engine. Alpine are always looking to expand. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, who's going there? You're going to get criticised. It is literally if Andretti get in, essentially, that's that's a... Because that, that was already pre-agreed. Andretti Mercedes, anyone? Has a, oh, hasn't it, Laura? Calvin right? Lowe Mercedes racing. <laughs> Calvin Lowe Mercedes. Uh, but, like, for Aston Martin, like, it's like, well, we want to beat them. So that, that was the reason. That was one of the reasons for them. Is like, well, we want to beat Mercedes. So it doesn't make sense for us to have a Mercedes engine. Hmm. So... And obviously, look, and they're going to have to up, obviously, production on some of their bits that they share from Mercedes, more so the rear end. Yeah. But they've got they've got the personnel in place to do this, so it's fine. Uh, yeah. The feeling from Red Bull, some of the comments from coming from Red Bull were very weird on this subject. Verstappen repeatedly said it's a bit of a shame. I still think they're pissed off about the entire situation. Yeah, no, Verstappen is, because it's a big change, it's a big risk. It's a very big risk going off on their own. I know they already are technically, but it's a completely new brand. Yeah, that's coming in is it's the the thought of unknown, isn't it? Change isn't always good. It's it's a it's a massive step into the unknown. They could be horrific to begin twenty twenty six. It's entirely possible. And there's a fair amount of carryover with these engines, but it's entirely possible that it, like it, there's 
put it this way, they've lost a safety net with Honda going and taking matters into their own hands. Like you say, it is a, it is a risk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I'm Max and I'm winning championships and winning races and stuff, I don't know. I, someone's like, oh, we're going to take away the thing that sort of propelled you towards that title. It was a good chunk of the reason why you won. Like, I'd be a bit like, oh, great. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it is a strange one, but... Yeah, again, the leadership there has been very, very finicky with these decisions, kind of back and forth. So, it make look, Aston Martin come out on top here, Red, Red Bull and Honda. It's a, it's a weird. It's yeah, it's a for Red Bull. There, I mean, again, their hands are their hands are tied. It's Honda they've kind of put themselves and uh, put themselves and Red Bull kind of in a difficult situation. But look, there are worse landing spots to have if you're Honda. Aston Martin will be. They obviously one of their they cited basically as well Lawrence Stroll's pure desire to win, whatever the cost essentially as a big reason for their for aligning. So there's again they could have done I think they could have done a lot worse in this situation. Yeah, no, they've literally come out on the best possible outcome. Really, like there is no other alternative that would have sounded a better. For the future for them as a brand, I think it's gonna be a weird combination that both of Red Bull's ex-partners are now a team. But <laughs> I know, right? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's funny. Both former title sponsors and major partners are now an alliance, and basically have got half of Red Bull staff in there as well, which is <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, obviously, one of the question marks this would have had over this partnership would have had is. Obviously, Fernando Alonso is with the team currently. Entirely possible that he could still be with the team come 2026. Would this be something yeah. Honda would object to? And look, they put pen yeah. to paper and it it clearly... I'm not worried about that anymore, really, if you were worried to begin with. Yeah, no, I think that's water under the bridge. That I think they can understand the frustration from Alonso. And it's, it's time to move on, I guess. Yeah, look, that's... Really, that's almost... Yeah, look, it was. Here's the thing: Honda grossly um, mis like underestimated the hybrid engine more than any yeah. other team. It was they came in the year late, and it was a it was a shambles for four years. It was a shambles. It wasn't really until like twenty oh man, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen was the start because Gasly had some good results in there, but nineteen yeah, no, was the true. start. Like really, when did that engine really make the leap? Was it twenty or twenty one? It went from the midfield to the front. It was on par with the Mercedes in 20. Yeah. But I just remember the anniversary Grand Prix, I think it was, where Max just, yeah, went to town with it. Whichever one of them Silverstone races he won. I think it was the anniversary. I think it was the anniversary, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. That was the me where, to me, it was like, that's the turning point. Because that's one of the only, that's the first time Max won that year, I believe. Mm -hmm. wrong. Yep, no, you're right. That season, that season was weird. I always want, I always want to watch it again just to for a little yeah. bit more context. I, I tell you what was disappointing. No, obviously we had no Imola race last week, so mm. um, F1 uploaded the Imola Grand Prix, like we mentioned from 2005. You had the 2021 Emilia Ranieri Grand Prix, mm -hmm. and then you had uh, which Monaco Grand Prix was it? Oh, shoot, I know what you're saying. Uh, 08 was on YouTube. Yes. So, I watched the 2008 Monaco Grand Prix. Fantastic. 
loved it. Mm. I was like, right, I've done that. I've got nothing to watch at the minute. I'm going to go back and watch the other two. Went to try and find them. Both been taken down. Really? Fuming. Wow. Absolutely fuming. Within two days of it being streamed. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess okay. I guess they don't want to mitigate maybe the parts yeah, would get because yeah. even even with even on the limited UK and Ireland one you would still get the classic or you still get the races from yesteryear so to speak. Yeah. So let's say what they felt like they was mitigating that. Uh, just on Alonso, Honda were obviously asked about this and they said, we have been accelerating our development during our recent time in Formula 1 while working with Alonso and that enabled us to win the world championship. The selection of drivers is up to the team to decide. So if the team decides we'll have Alonso as a driver again, we will have no objections whatsoever on him driving. That's from That was from Honda Racing Corporation President Koji Watanabe, who also called mm. Alonso a genius driver and said we respect him highly. Yeah, he is correct. With respect to the driver selection, I will say we're not going to be involved in team management whatsoever, but the decision of the drivers is up to the team. Of course, we will be giving them suggestions or input. Now, this is the part got, that I got interested in because straight away, and this is a few years early perhaps, but obviously now Yuki, you have seen Yuki Tsunoda being kind of, you know, floated around as yes. publicly spoken about as a potential for 2026. Um, and what Nabi said, he's originally from our school and, form, and in Formula 1 he's doing very well we're very happy to see him succeeding but talking about the future we will have three years to go so it's too early for us to say what will happen but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a time to talk about this but we're hoping that he'll become a candidate but it's up to the team to make the final decision and then Martin Whitmarsh was asked by Sonoda and he said he's making, great, he's making a great impression this year he's very young still but relatively experienced but I think he's made great I think he's made great progress it's, it is tremendously exciting I'm sure our, and this is the next part is fascinating. I'm sure our driver lineup will evolve before 2026. Hmm. Ultimately, Honda and Aston Martin want to have the very best two drivers we have in the cars. We're here to win, and as our Honda. So in 2026, we have to start winning together. We have to have great drivers. He must be considered as a candidate. This is talking about Sonoda. I'm sure he'd love to drive a Honda Power car. Let's see how he makes progress in the next couple of years, and hopefully we can have some serious discussions together. Now, again, straight away... I don't think you're if you're shifting say Alonso out for Sonoda to have a Sonoda stroll partnership that is not taking you where you need to be so those so those quotes are for the first time I think publicly from a very senior figure in Aston Martin's leadership would suggest that Stroll's future is not 100% yeah it looks that way at least in the it long should term, be that anyway. way yes yeah, so yeah not, not in the short term yeah Fully agree. Team's building himself back up, but if it gets to the forefront and he's not cutting his 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 side of the plate up in into the victories and what have you, well, as he already isn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So Honda Aston Martin. I, look again. I guess marriage of convenience. A timely marriage of convenience that could flourish into an absolute gem. Yeah. yeah all the seeds are there for that to flourish into the biggest success story there is because literally every foundation that could possibly be laid and bankrolled by Lawrence Stroll is there except the driver lineup on mm -hmm. one side <laughs> so it's um, it's time I think yeah we're getting close to it uh, team bosses are asked about uh, chances as customer teams in 2026 some of interesting answers i'll read this from uh, mostmore.com and philip clearing with this one uh james vows who had some has, uh, vows had quite a bit to say this year to be fair um 
Oh, there was some meme I saw him involved with. Like he had some meme video with the Williams uh, Insta. And I can't remember what it was now for the life of me. Oh, I'm fuming. I remember laughing though. Oh, maybe, if you, maybe, if you, maybe if you know what it is, you'll know what I'm talking about. But he said, uh, I think the first get-go into 2026, potentially there, it becomes a little bit more difficult, but the learning will kick in after that. I think what Aston has shown is you can take that and you can run with it, this being a customer engine or a customer team, albeit Aston are going their own way. But I don't think it limits you necessarily in a stable set of regulations. Hmm. He said, the closer you are linked with your engine manufacturer, the more you can do to the layout of the back of the car the way you need it to be. So your compromise between aerodynamic cooling performance versus power generation, that compromise can be set by yourself and you understand all the targets. Clearly in a relationship uh, and we are a customer team with Mercedes, that's a lot more difficult. However, there are regulations in place now that are very good. That means that the power unit we're being supplied with is the same power unit as elsewhere. The, that wasn't the case many years ago. So I have confidence at least that, that the power is, it's generating is good. So what he's referring to is, of course, the the engine freezing that took place last year, uh, which is a fair point, to be fair, because you had a, you, I remember a situation where the, 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 the works teams bring the upgrades and then sometimes quite a few races down the road, the customer teams would then be fed down said upgrades. It, well, that wasn't too long ago. Or it worked the opposite way around and it was used as guinea pigs. Yeah. In terms, of, the only team that I remember predominantly doing that was Red Bull and Ferrari. Because I can always remember the Alfa Romeo's blowing up <laughs> left, right, and center. <laughs> All the salvers as they were at one point. And then obviously, basically, as soon as Honda came into the sport with, with Toro Rosso at the time, the Mexico. Grand Prix onwards, they were literally just blowing the engines up on purpose to see how much they could get out of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, future Afatari team principal Lara Meckes had this. Ah, is... ah, 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 well, ah. yes, we there. The rumours being that uh, there's That's some hostages the now. Yeah, well, I mean, Horner said there wouldn't be any hostages. But... Well, apparently there's Ferrari holding hostage. A report I read this this afternoon actually was that Ferrari basically saying Mekis can't go unless you give us someone in return. So <laughs> it was like we're in a hostage situation, Graham. Despite Horner saying we would not, there it's wouldn't not be any hostages. Yeah, work from what doesn't, doesn't. Yeah, it's not a two-way street apparently. Anyways, uh, at some point, future AlphaTauri team principal are Mekis on the subject about customer team said needless to say with the amount of integration that there is between the chassis side and the power unit side of course it's always going to be an advantage does that stop you from operating at a very high level if you don't have one some people are proving that's possible to do a very good job without that sort of deal so i don't think it's going to be more important in the future than it already is today i think the level of complexity of the power unit is already uh, sky high today and if anything we are doing steps in the regulations to decrease that complexity tomorrow and hopefully it will give us an even more compact field but so i'm i read that as People are really inspired by the Aston Martin story this year. Mm. And look, there's a case to be made that they could easily be fine for the front if Red Bull, you know, weren't as strong as they are, currently are. I mean, if they weren't as dominant, then and that's, and that's, no, look, that's obviously a big what if. But I mean, you're seeing a customer team outperform every other works team like bar Red Bull, essentially. Yeah. So I think there is that that is providing inspiration for a lot of people. So we'll see. Uh, but obviously, look, it's the age-old argument: can you win as a cust as a works team? You know, well, we'll find out. Uh, well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, 
obviously a bit of a slow week last week and the, it did feel like the Hamilton Ferrari rumors really ramped up. We've had this conversation loosely as a as a cool like what if kind of thing. Yeah, when this was the this was a conversation over Christmas over the off season, wasn't it? Mm. That we had. Uh, before I forget, actually, just look the the IndyCar standings are up um, just in front of me, so I'm not going to look us up again. Uh, Pelot leads Ericsson by eleven points. Uh, Pato sinks thirty two points behind Pelot. New Garden and yeah, uh, yeah, New Garden leaves ahead, obviously, 181. So there you go. So well done, uh, Marcus Ericsson for shouting that one. But anyway, uh, do, do, do. Uh, so both both Hamilton and Vassour were asked about this. Total Wolf asked about it too. Everyone, den- everyone predictably denied it. I guess the more, the more, I guess, concrete comment actually came on the Sunday when. I think it was Total Wolf mentioned that there was never a millimetre in doubt um, when it came to the whole thing. He said, we have a pact. I'm reading it's motorsport.com and Mac you. We have a pact we've, and we've had that since many, many years that we wouldn't talk to any other driver before we take a decision to stay together or not. Um, I was never in a millimetre of doubt that there was any discussion. Someone just felt a place that maybe it was in a way to play a role in what seemed to be a negotiation, but it's not a negotiation. It is sitting at a table saying, well, what do we need to adapt in the contract? So there's nothing to it. Eh. What do you think? Uh, would, uh, an instance of where the fire. smoke without fire? Or do you truly believe that... Or do you believe that it's just crossing the... Uh, what is it? Dotting the I's and crossing the T's? Uh, I've just bought a Ferrari show with Hamilton on the back of it. <laughs> does, does, does that tell you what I'm at? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're a fool for squandering 70 quid, I imagine, but... 70 squids? Then again, this is a man who has spent many, many pounds on how many um, half-scale Mick Schumacher helmets? I have, I have every single one of Mick Schumacher's half-scale helmets. Including his F2 one, impressively. Yes. That, that, I, that, I think, is the bigger gem to have. Both of his F2 mm. ones. From both seasons. Not bad. Not yeah, actually, yeah, that uh, that ninety one would actually be wouldn't be bad. To be fair, so any look, I don't want to, I don't know how much you want to feed into this. Uh, do you? It's, what's your expectation? Not, yeah, not happening. In my dreamland, I would love it I'd to like, happen. I think I would. I'd, I'd back like, it. I'd, I'd like. To, I'd like to see it just to see what would happen. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see Hamilton in a Ferrari. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it would um, be as much as I don't. Enjoy Lewis Hamilton. Oh, it would be the like, most excited I've been about Lewis Hamilton arguably ever. Yes, same. Same. Completely agree. I'd be like, yeah, fair enough, proven wrong. Mm. And, and obviously it creates a very fascinating standpoint, like what do you do with the other Mercedes seat? But yeah. Oh, I, do, I just, uh, the inter-team dynamics, I'd love to see it. Mm. I loved it when Vrattel and Leclerc were going at it in the first year. Oh, so, yeah. I'd love to see Hamilton be told, actually, <laughs> you're not the number one. This is Leclerc's team. Yeah, back off. <laughs> that would be that would be fun. I am at, look. I would love it to see it happen. I don't think it will happen. But no, well, the the only way this happens is if this Mercedes upgrade turns out to be an absolute dog, and I mean an absolute dog. Lewis loses belief in the team that they still can't get it right, and Sainz's performance literally drop off a cliff. So sorry. The second driver's performance is <laughs> up the cliff. 
I, I can't. I, I could sort of give him half a name this weekend. Decided for some reason he decided to turn up here. Yeah, he actually showed but up. Never finished eight. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing is, look, I seven. I, I think Hamilton is. No, it was eight, no. Oh yes, no, it was. Yeah, didn't get by in the end. I I think the look. I think if if this is uh, if it was younger in Hamilton's career, I think he would go for it, but. I think he's yeah, got to think is... long picture. He's going to be in this Mercedes ambassador for the rest of his life. I don't know whether a Ferrari deal would ruin that. I don't think it would. I no. think they'd, I think they'd honor him in, in no. that way. And I think he'd they'd let it be what it is. He would still come back to the Mercedes family at some point. It would, it would happen. He's been there too long. But I, I don't think Toto would hold it against him. No one could hold it said, against him. He said it again. He said it all along. Like he would love to drive for Ferrari. Every racing driver would love to drive a Ferrari. Yeah. It's just one of them things. And if there's an opportunity there, then uh, you take it, don't you? If it's, like, a, if it's the right time. Like, poor old... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, was it Jean Lacy gave up uh, William's drive, didn't he? Uh, yeah. To drive for a Ferrari. And... Ooh. It was not the right move. No. it Like, well, considering that they were the team to be from 1992, basically, to 1998, essentially. Eight, yeah. Um, you know, with a chance to win every championship in between then, then yeah, <laughs> it was unfortunately the wrong decision. But the Scuderia is the Scuderia. But yeah, Hamilton's not that stupid. It's we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I, I mean. when rather than if I think, but it was, it was fun while it lasted, right? Yeah, uh, because it was about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of obviously getting, you talk about upgrades and stuff. Uh, obviously. There's a lot of upgrades listed on the cars. I actually have a great thread. It's from a you should know this too account if you're if you're plugged in Formula Racers uh, of on Twitter. Uh, I just I know obviously other websites. The reason why I'm pulling from this, the other web other websites go into specifics. It's not laid out particularly neatly. Uh, this thread is nicely given what's a circuit spec and what is purely for performance, as teams are uh, required to list as part of uh, prior to the weekend. So. Let's run through all the upgrades. We'll talk about some of the notable ones, but just just run through them very quickly. Red Bull brought um, two upgrades, uh, circuit spec rear wing and reliability aspects for the front suspension. Mercedes, obviously most notably, brought their host of upgrades. Performance uh, upgrades for front suspension, four fences, side pod inlet, engine cover, rear wing, rear corner as well. Obviously, the side pods we'll talk about. And the floor. <laughs> um, Ferrari bought rear corner performance upgrade and a circuit spec rear wing. Ferrari brought their first, uh, sorry, Aston Martin brought their first upgrade to the season. For performance purposes, they bought suspension, front suspension, rear suspension, front corner, and circuit spec rear and front uh, rear and rear corner and rear wing. Alpine are continuing there. Actually, just quickly on Ferrari, actually. Uh, Redford, Redford Store is actually promising that Ferrari bring updates to every single race from here on out. That's not always worked. Uh, so, let's not do that. So, but that's, that is what he said, so... <laughs> so uh, yeah fighting words there every week that's going to be an interesting every race that's going to be an interesting one Alpina brought again more performance stuff they brought suspension for performance side pod inlet and floor edge circuit spec rear wing and beam wing for them McLaren continuing on there circuit spec more so for them floor fences rear wing beam wing rear corner up, uh, performance upgrade for them Alfa Romeo eight upgrades on this thing uh, a combination of a bunch of, of stuff so engine cover for performance Floor edge performance, floor body performance, rear suspension performance, rear corner performance, and then beam and re- uh, rear wing and beam wing for specs, and then cooling lubes as well. Haas, just a front wing upgrade up, uh, update for them. 
uh, and as front suspension. Nothing circuit specific. Might explain some of their struggles this weekend. So, Alphatari brought uh, the most, I think, upgrades out of everyone. Nine. Nine upgrades, all performance braces, every single one. Floor body, floor fences, floor edge, diffuser, side pod inlet, engine cover, front suspension, rear wing, rear wing end plate. <laughs> they were not kidding. Last but not least, Williams, mostly circuit spec. Rear wing, beam wing, front corner, and then front suspension, both for performance. So, all of that. So, obviously, look, we were debating whether teams would bring their upgrades for here. I think most... Maybe with the exception of Haas, I think most teams decide let's just bring all the upgrades here. Feck it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Circuit be damned. Just do it. So obviously, look notable. Obviously for Mercedes this season, they brought their brought their side pods. What did you think um, on their appearances? Anything? Anything particularly telling? Very different to what I was expecting. Mm. Considering all the comments from Toto Wolf about them not being ashamed to copy a Red Bulls style side pod and in reality it was like an alpine side pod i want to say if anything because it's not quite ferrari but it's not quite red bull at the same time it's sort of a combo of the both it's, it's really weird do you know what i think it will be i think it's just the start and it will be an evolution and they can you can't just put the the one you want on immediately that's yeah that's I, too I dodgy the, not from where they've they come from to, yeah they, I, they, I think they were talking about this on sky they were like i think Mercedes have gone for a platform that's a good baseline and then they can mould it around it after a few races of data to see where they're at and where they can sort of head the performance direction that way, which makes sense because they didn't really have that last year to uh, sort of go off. So now I think that's the right the right way mm. and it, it, it didn't look great. No, it didn't. Uh, look, and they've... Wolf has said this often, like he talked about nose. Oh, hold on, this now this expression has changed a few times. I thought he said silver cows once. Silver cows? What's the expression? It's silver. No it was silver. Like, like basically he's talking about like a magic fix, but he's mentioned it as a silver something. I thought he said cows once. Well, no silver lining. No, not that. Basically, it's like it's not a magic fix. Essentially, is what he's saying. Um, yeah. So you, you kind of double down on that. Russell himself said, equally with the side pods, the side pods haven't necessarily brought any additional performance by going to more a more Red Bull concept. The magic is more underneath the floor, but we still have to rule it out. We've done that now. Now we move on. Uh, this this was a some loose reference to the absolutely hilarious. And uh, what did you see much about this? By the way, uh, Total Wolf was absolutely furious. He was not impressed that. Lewis Hamilton's crash in FP3 required a crane to lift the car up and just let the entire world see the new floor for Mercedes. There's a piece on the wet, on the race from Guy Anderson who goes into the extreme detail of the of the floor. So like every team obviously is aware now. And and Wolf was fuming and in the end of calling uh calling the whole thing Cirque du Soleil uh for in terms of the marshals. You can't be that mad. It's just the circuit. And Red Bull, the fastest car, literally had the exact same thing done to it. Yeah, well, he was. You know Wolf I mean? was told that afterwards uh, in qualifying. And here's the here's the thing, though. Uh, there's a piece on the on racefans.net from Keith Collantine and Claire Cottingham where rivals say, the floor is so curved, you can't figure it out. 
So right. Williams is head of vehicle performance. Dave Robinson said it's so complex that on a two D photo, because the way the light is, it's so curved, you can't figure it out. And so that like that's that's what he said. <laughs> I, I couldn't see. I could see a couple veins, and that was about it. Whereas Mercedes was absolutely, uh, it was it was clear Quite to dead. see. Yeah. So uh, Andrew Shovelin oh. said, "I suspect they're probably more annoyed about their car being left in the sky than we would about than we would about ours." To be honest, with these regulations, the important bit is the bit that you don't normally get to see, being the floor. So teams will be all over those kinds of photographs. Monaco's a good opportunity to get that kind of shot. So. Yeah, you know what you could do? <laughs> mm. Don't lose the back end. Yeah, the uh, now look, Wolf tried to. He did end up. I think if the Perez comment or the fact that Perez his floor was also uh, on display, I think kind of prompted him to walk his comments back a bit. He did say that that like, it wasn't any hard feelings. Um, no, it's just frustration, isn't it? After you spent all this time, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. he called it suboptimum. <laughs> yeah, it, it is really. You sort of given away your platform before you've even had a chance to sort of explore it. Yeah, he did say about the the Red Bull comparison. He's like, um, they're all from Circuit du Soleil. Their car hangs straight. Ours was rear down. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think he was happy. Like, I don't think he's he was too pleased. No. Anyway, I think that covers all the shite hitting into the weekend. Is all this was uh, long standard context? Yes, hit me. Oh, sorry, you didn't go over the deliveries for the cars. Well, or I mean, McLaren, rather. What do you think? Very quickly. I liked it. I think it looked better on in pictures than it did on the track. I think if it had a night race, it would have looked better. Probably right. Sky were comparing it as a car crash of one car crashing into another into another because it wasn't very clean. I'm sure this is the same. I'm sh- but I'm sure they loved the 2019 Mercedes in Germany, which was a horrific yeah. abomination for exactly that. Much worse than the no, McLaren. No, but it's Mercedes. You can't say anything against Mercedes. No, not publicly at least. I- I'm going to mention this before this sort of comes out. Dieter Rankin was reported. Thank you, yes. Alfa Romeo well, apparently heading to Haas for 2024, which is a very interesting tie-up. So obviously... Alfa Romeo losing their title sponsorship with, uh, uh, well, title partnership, should I say, with the Sauber team, because obviously that's becoming Audi. Um, well, it will be going back to Sauber, sorry, next year, then becoming Audi. So, sort of throws Alfa Romeo out of the loop, and I'm sure they like being on the grid, so we're apparently going to get Alfa Romeo Haas from uh, 2024 onwards. Mm. Obviously, that will become more predominant over the next few weeks, as I'm sure it will get more reported on. But normally when Dieter reports it. It's uh, normally pretty narrow. Yeah, if Dieter Rankin's reporting it, matter if he wipes for flipping um, myarse.com, um, then it's... He, he literally, <laughs> he, he writes for any known, unknown company. I know. Racing365.com is where he normally, is where he has been reporting for the last year or so. Yeah. And he's been spot on every single time. Notably, he had the piastri drop from that whole thing last year. Yeah. Um, but if Vita Rankin says it, then it's done. that's as basically as good as gospel in the paddock, really. They're... So we're going to have Alfa Romeo class MoneyGram F1 team, right? <laughs> and we've seen t- former title sponsors kind of, we've seen with um, Cognizant and Aston Martin that you can still, you know, have a place even if you're not the title sponsor anymore. Haas Romeo Cognizant 
whatever whatever <laughs> I'm going with that so expe- I, yeah so ex- ex- expect to see that in the works I'd say at yes. some point down, down the so line so expect Sky to start reporting that about December <laughs> yeah when the car shows up for testing uh, just quickly on liveries uh, obviously Williams not a one for the weekend but more so for Singapore Japan and Qatar they announced the uh, a competition for their Gulf livery so they've listened and peop- and they're responding. They released four potential liveries for to be voted on. I assume you've seen these. Yes. Do you? Uh, I don't know if you have them in front of you. If you not, I don't. But there's only one option. I assume you mean the heritage one. Yes, there is only one option. I see. I think they all have their place. Oh no, they're all, they're all fantastic. I like the bolder than bold. I like the patterns on it. It does seem a little like F1 gamey, but that's that's okay. It still looks nice. I'm not as... would say that. Codemasters. <laughs> yeah. The... Graham, Graham Codemasters Chapel. <laughs> I'm not as mad on the visionary one, but it's not the worst. No, they're, they're, I think they're all nice. Do something just, different. Why not? Like, uh, contem- I just think that has to... The contemporary one's nice. I do like that one. Again, I think these all have their place, but the heritage one is just... It is so clean, and sometimes less is more. Yes. And that, that's a great example. And it's it's a, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. I think they yeah. all have their place. I do like the bolder than bold. I've seen people go in all directions for this, by the way. It's not just all heritage. That's the whole point of the vote, isn't it? Mm. So I do oh, expect... Yeah, I expect heritage to win. And it's, it's it's clean. But it's a classic It's a classic design philosophy. Like, sometimes less is more. Just... Yeah. Just chuck a Duracell battery on it and your jobs are good. Yep, looking good up there. And look, the fact that this thing is like not a lot of sponsors helps in this regard. It does. So that'll be a banger when that comes out later this year. Right. Should we head on qualifying. To the, yes, qualifying itself. Now, obviously the most important qualifying session of the year, we're co- removed from context. Like if you're talking about like, like what was the app? Like if you have a title to sign in, obviously, but no, that's obviously in terms of track position. This is the this is the one. In terms of shaping the final result on Sunday, this is the big one. And I know people have like it's we get here every year and it's, it's all the same essentially. And people are like Monaco doesn't work for the F one anymore, etc. It does, but on a Saturday, you, you just you get on Saturday and you have the shoe that we did. It's it just it's it just belongs. Like I, I know the the car look, the cars are too wide, the cars are too long, the cars are too heavy. All that's true. Um the circuit hasn't changed at all really in that regard. The cars have gotten bigger, it doesn't it doesn't work in that sense. But um, yeah. this it still has a place on the grid and Saturday showed exactly why. An absolutely incredible share between Fernando Alonso and Max Verstappen for a pole position. I I, I would chuck all five into that mix. Or or four, sorry. I would chuck the it's it's starting off with Esteban Ocon randomly dropping himself into P1 mm. out of nowhere really I mean we we then, talk about the fact before you go sorry before we go, go like we'd talk about it had a red flag gone out that was it like Ocon was getting that's your pole. race result that's your race result right there oh my sigh could you, could you have imagined no no we, 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 we don't have, have to never, we'd have never done this podcast ever again I think so um but yeah, he ran out of sequence. Like, like science was upset. He didn't. Get, he couldn't get more out of it. And to be fair, he was the. He looked better of the two Ferraris for most he of the did. weekend. All weekend, really surprising. Even man. despite his crash in FP two, I expected it. To be fair, and to be honest, I thought it was Leclerc. But I, yeah. I thought so as well. I think everybody did. But then it was like, oh, it's science. <laughs> so, but yes, anyway. Ocon went P1 
and then Leclerc just nicked it. Mm-hmm. And then you had Alonso with triple purple coming in and absolutely jumping up to the top of the times. And I was like, right, <laughs> that's some good lap. What was it, first and until the was... 11s? And like it was like 11.7? Yeah. Which is weird because it's slower than last year's pole. Yeah. <laughs> we were on an 11.4 last year, I believe. Um, And then you're coming through, you, you switch us to the onboard of Max. And we're going through the first sector at this point, I believe. He's just heading down to end of sector one. It's not looking great. Get do get through to sec- the end of sector two. He's three tenths down on Fernando Alonso. With two corners to go. That's it's done. That's it. I've never seen and never been so, in such awe of utter driving perfection in my life. That is quite possibly the best thirty seconds of driving I've ever seen. Wow. In terms of a, in terms of a one lap, like shootout under pressure to get it done type thing. My God. Uh, obviously, he comes across the line and snatches pole. Yeah. But <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a fucking sector three it was! It was it was astronomical because like, you get through the swing pool and it's just Rascast and Anthony knows essentially. Or sorry, swing pool is technically start of sector three, but yeah, it's literally just that the eggs. The exit of it is critical, of course. Uh, yeah, like brushing the wall left and right, heading even down to the main straight. It was it was mad, astronomical effort to basically a three four tenth turnaround. He, he got it by eight hundreds in the end. He had basically a tenth a corner on Fernando Alonso, <laughs> who said like he like Alonso was pretty content. The radio asked like he he spoke like a man who gave like who knew there was nothing he could have done more. Like if, yeah. He, like you know, he, he, that's how it really felt. Like there wasn't anything else that he could have given. I mean, he, he's, he's, I think there was a piece that he had where it was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Like there's just, there's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing you could do. Like you can't, you can't improve on essentially perfection. And if that was the limit, that was the limit. And Verstappen just had that bit more in it. There's, if you saw the pictures of his his Pirellis afterwards, they're literally like my road cars tires and alloys right now, where they're all scraped to bits. <laughs> and there are literally marks on all of them where he's been driving up against mm-hmm. the wall. I think it, I counted he touched the wall four times in separate places. It, it was mental. And I've never seen someone get that close to the inside of swimming pool at that speed before. And in the race, it's different because you're going slower. The commitment he showed was fucking insane. Yeah. It was literally, I'm in the wall. If this goes wrong, I'm going for this. I know I've got time to make up, and I know I can do it. Sent it, and he did. Uh, again, he risked. Yeah. He risked everything, and Alonso did too. So he probably even took too much. Uh, like he risked too much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a crucial. It's crucial for the race. Everybody knows it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. An, I'm. I'm hugely impressed by all the drivers that there wasn't a crash in qualifying, really, other than in like in Q2, Q3. Yeah. When the like the limit is really there, because you really want to go for it in Q two, because if you get if you get into the top it's ten, you're you know what I mean. Like you've you've got a pretty good chance for finishing in points on Sunday, and obviously Q three mm. then is an extension of that for some some for some drivers as well. Yeah, um, you do not want to do what happened with to Sergio Perez in Q one and going overcommitted. Now the obvious question you have to you'd have to ask is did he have to 
The answer is yes. The track evolution was crazy. He had he had to try and go quicker. So like did he like so you ask did he have to push? Yes. Like he did. He he, he did, just he just took he just took too much out into turn one. That was it. Yeah. But he did he, he, absolutely he have to improve. Yeah. Just he just didn't need to do it all in the first corner. Yeah. Um which ultimately fucked his race weekend up. Yeah, so. pretty co- very costly. And look he, he, he like he knew it immediately. Uh, pretty hefty impact at the rear. No chance to get away down Sandovot. Rear stepped out. That was it. Out, knocked down Q1. It's a very, very similar to Albon in FP2. Very similar. Mm. Um, that was quite damaging for the race on Sunday. But was there anything else we need to set up for the Sunday race from Quali? Oh, right. So Leclerc obviously put on a good lap to get himself P3. And then got himself slapped with a three-place grid penalty because Lando Norris... Or he instructed Norris in the tunnel. Uh, the stewards mostly blamed... Excuse me. Ferrari. The stewards mostly blamed Ferrari for not telling him, uh, essentially. Um, they, they said that uh, They said that uh, Leclerc could have done a little bit more before the tunnel. And, yeah. But more so, the blame was more so with Ferrari. Uh, Norris, more so, Norris actually more so blamed himself... And look, to be fair, I get it. He and the McLaren boys did a great job to get that car out in Q three. But obviously, be, because it was they were they were so out of sequence, you know, they were going to be caught off yeah. a little bit. Again, the the blocking was unfortunate, but Norris more so blamed his own error into in, in at the end of Q two. Yeah. So, no real hard feelings from Norris's side, but yeah, Leclerc got slapped a three place grip penalty, put uh, Ocon in third, and dropped. Charlie Leclerc behind, who is it behind in the end? Sainz and Hamilton. Yes. Uh, was there anything else we need to set up from Saturday? I don't think so. No. So let's move on then to the race. Uh, to do how, how do we want to go about this? Just hop into winners uh, and the, losers. Just literally hop into winners and losers and walk, walk your way through it. Because yeah, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair. So obviously, look, a good weekend, obviously, for Max Verstappen. He... Not only nailed it on the Saturday to give himself pole position, his For closest, yeah. Well, here, yeah. I mean, technically, yes, but he started. He technically started with no one in front of him in twenty twenty one. He did, <laughs> but he he did. That's his first time getting pole. Technically, yeah. So, on pole position, he made it work. There was a little. Do, I guess this is a large. I guess this is a requirement question for Aston Martin. Do you think he will ask it from Verstappen's perspective? Do you think he would have been threatened had Aston got their strategy right on the interest? Because yes. I actually think he would have been fine. It would have been close, but it would have been fine. Yeah, I think it, he would, it would have been. It would have been a bit of a sweat on for like a lap, definitely. But then once you go into the groove of it, you'd have been fine. Yeah, so I don't think the we'll we'll talk about it more from Aston's side of things, but I don't think the I don't think that must. I don't, yeah, that well, it was a mistake. That mistake from Aston. I don't think handed uh, Verstappen the victory look the gap is one thing dumb. yeah look you the gap is one thing but like as you know at Marco when you're behind it's a different story so the fact of the matter is Alonso still would have been behind Verstappen that the, would have the been the thing enough. is yeah Alonso couldn't keep up with a 50 lap old uh, couldn't keep up with Max on 50 lap old mediums like you know what I mean like yeah. them mediums should have died according to probably after lap 42 yeah. should have been able to exist but, you know. And they got 55 in the end? Yeah. Good stuff, Pirelli, as always, but... They, they were dead. And I, I think they oh, were Oh, yeah. Like, Verstappen, I think, did an ex. Like, there are teams that tried that and couldn't hang on, and most notably Nando Norris couldn't hold on. 
Before I couldn't make the fucking calls last. <laughs> to be fair, I, it was weird. The race situation kind of played out. I do think the meeting was probably the better tyre overall to be on. Was. There was some pretty rough graining for the hard. I think a lot of drivers went through that. For some didn't have to go through that in the end. But, mm. but like a perfect weekend for him. Obviously nailed on the Saturday. Nailed it on the Sunday. A very comfortable victory margin in the end. Obviously in thanks to the pit stop, to be fair, for Aston. But his biggest championship rival didn't even get into the points. Now he's got a 39-point lead. Yeah, That's big. Uh, we'll see what the damage is at the, by the end of next week, but by the end of next, uh, this week, rather, in Spain, you know, conceivably he could have a 45-point lead. And not impossible to overturn, but puts him in a pretty comfortable position for the rest of the way, essentially. And he's got basically almost two-race win margin. So he's in, he'd be in a pretty... Again, you don't want to say title over, but... It's doesn't help. It's uh, if you want a close title fight, I'm afraid this was a pretty damaging weekend. But Verstappen did all that he could, but he did do a great job nursing those mediums, to be fair. Like, he, the, the, did. he did a very good job with that. So, uh, yeah, I know people will be, bo- be upset and bored and ex- whatever that he won us, but ultimately he showed that he was still the class of the field on the Saturday and kept it going very nicely on the Sunday. Not just obviously just managed to start, but obviously when the, the crossover came because. Really, by lap 53 is when the rain started pouring. They paid on lap 55 on all very old mediums. It have been very easy to slide off. And look, he did hit the wall a few times. He did. It, I did because it was literally... I've not seen it switch that wet since I stopped playing the F1 games <laughs> that quickly in one sector. Yeah, it was crazy. But, like, Verstappen absolutely... Like, he drove the wheels off it like he, he it wasn't a piss in the park as the gap suggests it was a tough one yeah it was so for the weekend for him uh, we just lump Aston we lump in uh, Fernando Alonso as one as well yeah, if I was going to say if you said Aston Martin yeah. yes. <laughs> look out of here Fernando Alonso yes uh, obviously nothing more he could have done on the Saturday uh, absolutely bossed that showed his class still very much so we talk about Verstappen being an absolute class of the field like Alonso was right there um, mm. and not that this is a surprise to us like this this is the driver that has re- always been there maybe not the beginning of 2021 when he was coming back but you know in the McLaren years etc you know he's always had this class we're seeing it still like it's he still has it still has the magic a P2 for him it's his highest finish for the season he's only 12 points behind Perez now in the standings yeah that's crazy <laughs> But then, not much more he could have done. The, the decision to go on to the meetings was not his call. He was very much up in the air. The, I was I went back and looked at the onboard. I I think Aston just went. They went one lap too early, that, and that's yeah. that's all there was to it. They went one lap too early. And look, I get why they did it. And Alonso was like, they were right in the sense like it was literally dry everywhere else. It was that shower was very local. It was Mirabeau. It was the Lowe's hairpin. It was Portier. That was it. The rest was literally dry. The pit lane was dry at lap 50. When did they pit? Um, they pit lap 54, I think. Lap 53 or 54 for the mediums. Like it, They were just, they just got, they just went in too early. That was all there was to it. But the re- yeah, I understand yeah. why they did it. Yeah, no, you can, you can completely understand it. Um, Alonso was very quick on the radio, like on the out lap. And he was like, yeah, it's Inters. Um it was just an unfortunate timing. I, I still don't think it cost them really in the end. They had the margin over Ocon. They were too far behind Verstappen. Um, the damage was kind of done in that first stint on the, the mediums versus the hards and the grain. It also went through for a few laps. It was pretty, pretty rough in the, lap, the early 20s or so. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, not much more he could have done. They, they asked in themselves. I thought initially perhaps Alonso had made the call for mediums because they, yeah, they already put Stroll on inters, but that was, I think that was more so to try and make up positions where Stroll was rather than... Yeah, it's sort of guinea pig, I guess. Yeah. So, anything else to add on Alonso, really? I mean... No, it, 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 it was a very lonely race for Alonso. <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> To be fair, well, like, what was it? The gap in the end. I know Ocon was kind of a little bit closer later on, but they kind of went into management mode, obviously, with the gap so high to Verstappen. I want to say it was twenty plus. Excuse me. Uh, let me actually have a quick gander. Alonso twenty-four to Verstappen twenty-seven point nine, and it was about Ocon was thirty-six behind Verstappen. So twelve seconds. Twelve nine seconds. Away. Yeah, but pretty comfortable in the end. Um, so yeah, win the weekend for Alonso. That's his. Uh, now I know this is round seven, but of course it is the sixth race it's only. Round six. yeah. So that's five podiums in six races for Alonso. Yep. Is that right? So yeah, happy days indeed. And the first P two. The first P two, yes, the highest one so far. Do you think there'll be other opportunities for them? Do you think that was their best yeah, chance? Of course. No, no. No, mm. plenty of opportunities. Okay. Twenty two races for him. Hmm. That, to be fair, that's what we said for the podium in twenty twenty one. Like you know, what I mean, like it was there was so many. Hmm. You just it just takes one, doesn't it? it? Just takes one. So yeah, he he was there this weekend. <laughs> Which one? Oh, he was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not in the not in the Indy five hundred this year. By the way, he finished eleventh that race last year. I forget. I forget that. In twenty twenty, yeah, in twenty twenty two, one Pablo Montoya, oh, it was, it was Aaron, wasn't it? yeah, finished eleventh in the Indy five hundred, which is pretty crazy. Anyway, For, and he's like forty eight. He's like washed. <laughs> I think he did pretty well. Washed. Who else you have as a winner of the weekend? It pains me to say. She goes, oh shoot, yeah, that's right. I almost forgot. Fucking Alpine. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I straight away, I want to say this is not the work of Laurent Rossi's comments. It's completely irrelevant. Yeah, 100% this is, why. This is about a few things. Obviously, Ockham was excellent on Saturday. But this comes back to what I've been saying basically since Australia. Alpine are right there with Mercedes uh, and Ferrari. Disagree. They're, I think they're so close. Disagree. We'll, look, we'll see. Like, I, we'll, we'll really see in Spain. But they yes. were right there in Australia. They weren't too far from in Jeddah. They obviously built that in Australia. They were close in Miami as well. They had good pace here again as well, and they've been bringing constant upgrades like they did last year. And those up, and their correlation works. We know that. But, but Graham, they're amateurs, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I they're can, really I close. I can just see them back at the factory being told by Lance Rossi, "Now this is what happens when I lecture you mm. and roast you in public. You get me podiums, so yeah, I'm do it more often." So I think it's nice to do with that. I think it's to do Ocon having a great weekend and Alpine being very close to those guys around them. Just not fucking up. Yeah. Basically. And just taking advantage of a a Red Bull being out of position and an Aston Martin being out of position. I think that also helps. And, so, and look, and some Ferrari, Ferrari shenanigans for both cars if we're counting sites yeah, in Q3 but... as well. Science, size in Q3, size in the race under the, the wet conditions sliding off, that helped in terms of getting Gasly in front of him. Leclerc grid penalty. Yeah, the Leclerc grid so penalty. So they had some help, but Ocon did, look, he held on pretty well. We've seen him hold on night in, 
pressure situations. You think Hungary 21, you think Japan, Japan. 22. So we've seen that happen. He's, he's, he's good in these conditions as well. So again, like we, and given Gasly's pace as well, relative as well, like not a million miles away from Russell and keeping ahead of Leclerc in stint, in stint one as well. Yeah. Don't even do all this to finish fifth. It was yeah. This is the weird. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> They're going to be like as close as they've ever been to Ferrari and Mercedes, and it's going to mean absolutely nothing in the standings. Fifth, absolutely nothing. So that's a, that's unfortunate for them in in that way. But look, I'll call Wait, you, mm. have they got a podium before Mercedes? Am I being an idiot? I think Hamilton's on the podium this year. I'm going to have to check. I'll, I'll do a quick check for you. I'm pretty sure Hamilton has already been on the podium. But, uh, yeah, they're they're close. That team is close. I really do believe that. We'll, we'll, re- we'll really see in Spain next week. Like, we... That's... Yeah. I'm fascinated to see where they stack up because I, I genuinely think they're there. Now, I will say they were completely... Yeah, Hamilton got a podium, of course, in uh, Australia. Finished second. Yes, of course. That'd be why. Um, I will say they were completely asleep at the wheel for Gasly and he was not too pleased about being jumped by Leclerc who himself went very long as well I, I get they were what they were trying to do but I think they were like yeah, it was so funny like listening to the, the the radio afterwards like you've got the, you can hear, you clearly hear the guards cheering for Ocon and then Gasly is just not too impressed I think they were completely asleep for Gasly's strategy and he really should have finished six, I think, uh, but uh, both Ferraris. But anyway, they won't. They don't give a shit. They got a podium, so. <laughs> hmm. uh, but look good for Ocon. Like I guess, like we give him a lot of shit, but you did a good job this weekend. Obviously, first drive, first non Ferrari, Mercedes, and now Aston Martin and Red Bull drive to get a podium. Uh, but it's the rest essentially since Norris he's, he's, last year. Yeah, which is mental. So a full year. Yeah, crazy that. I still think I'm. I think they'll get. I think they'll get one more this year. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I think they'll get one. I think Norris will get one personally, but. Hmm. Oh, that'd be interesting. But yeah, obviously very good race from Ocon. He did come under pressure from Science a few times. Uh, wasn't responsible for Science losing his front wing half that plate. He did come under a lot of pressure when the conditions uh, got wet before the cro- just at the crossover point. Uh, Science got alongside. Science, I don't think, was too happy with some of Ocon's driving at times. So he was complaining a bit about moving. I didn't think it was too bad, to be fair. Just Science was just frustrated. Yeah. So, but yeah, good good result for them. They now they're still in fifth, of course, where they put some distance to themselves and uh, the rest. They have thirty five points to McLaren seventeen. Yay! Yay! And uh, Ocon goes up to twenty one points. Gasly now is 14. So tightly contested there. Uh, but yeah, good weekend for them. They had good pace. They are the team I'm looking forward to seeing. Well, Aston Martin as well. Again, I mean, I mean it's weird, isn't it? Like we, we've just had upgrades, but the, the pecking order I think is still to be established at a real track. Yeah. It's, it's weird, isn't it? But I'm, I think more than... Yeah, I actually... Now that I'm, I'm going to say I'm looking forward to seeing Alpine more than any other team in Spain. I'm fascinated to see what they do. Uh, take each other out. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Lady Star is coming. Can't have two good races in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else do you have as a winner of the old weekend? <sighs> Fucking Mercedes. They look. They executed the race well. Yeah, that's what I mean. They, you can't knock them. They got fourth and fifth. 
Yeah. Be both Ferraris. Be a Red Bull. Be an Aston Martin. Well, you know. Yeah. They turned. Maximize what they could. They turned, what, fifth and eighth into fourth and fifth? Yeah. Which you can't knock. And to be honest, Russell should have had a podium. He's absolutely convinced he should have had a podium. But he he is one of the he few drivers it. that made. He, who ran off at the runoff at uh, Mirabeau. Yeah. He and, bottled it and then yeah. just sent himself flying into Paris. <laughs> yeah, that didn't. Well, the penalty didn't actually matter in the end. The damage no, was but done. It, it was fucking stupid, though. Mm. Absolutely ludicrous. But then again, you can't really turn, turn your head, I suppose. Yeah. He had the rare Total Wolf onto him during the race. Russell was getting a little bit moly on the radio, I believe. Is it the reason for that? Yeah. So. I thought it was Toto at one point. Yeah, which is unusual. You don't hear Toto come on in pressure situations, but it does carry a bit more weight when he does. Yeah, it's like, shut the fuck up, moaning, honestly. Yeah. Doing my head in all this chatter over the radio. (laughs) (laughs) So, but good result for them. They executed well. They, they're going to finish ahead of Aston Martin in the constructors. Yes, the race going, yes. They're one point behind now. Yes, but this is what happens when you have a good, a really good driver and someone who's F2 standard, <laughs> who occasionally shines. I wouldn't say F2 standard, but... Uh, no, he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, look, again, okay, then, good execution. They left Russell out long. That was the way to go. Um, a driver error cost. And, uh, yeah, Hamilton, Hamilton drove well. Didn't really have a chance to get after Ocon, really. He was came close but never had a clear-cut chance to overtake. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, but he seemed pleased enough, to be fair, at the weekend. We'll see how pleased he is this time next week. Yeah, you know, man, this car is difficult to drive. Now, to be fair, that said, Spain was one of Hamilton's best races last year. Yeah, to say he had front wind damage from K-Mags. And finished he, on the podium? Or close to it. Yeah, so, and that was... You know, that was that spec for Mercedes. Yeah. So pretty, pretty low stuff. So yeah, we'll see what happens. There could be a good track for them, but it also could be. Um, it could be a false dawn. It's an unknown, I think. Mm. It's gonna be fun. We'll get to that. I, I'm gonna give a winner of the weekend to the McLarens. They're plural. my last winner. Okay, I've got one or two more after that, but yeah, McLaren double points finish for them, ninth and tenth. Again, they. Uh, I mean, yeah, they they basically no man's land. yeah they basically took up the last two positions at the point that the Alpines would essentially, but obviously with Perez and Stroll falling out, so their race really transformed in the rain. They, they were, were three seconds a lot quicker than everybody else somehow. Yeah, I don't get how there was a fifty second from when they put the inters on. There was a fifty second gap to the Ferraris. Norris was told this, and by the end of the race, it was what twenty seconds. It was ridiculous. Yeah, hard to say because Norris, Science was the last unlapped car and Norris was the lapped down, so I don't see the interval quite here. But yeah, based off my memory, it was around 20 to 25 seconds anyway. I think that's one of two things. Uh, it's, it's two things with that. Both their pace was very good in the wet. B, Science was kind of backed up somewhat behind with Gasly. But that, yeah, I think McLaren's. I still think it's fair to say their race definitely came alive in the rain. Yeah, and Norris sort of come come to his own in that one. He was quicker than Max, I'd say. Yeah, like he Norris had a lot to do. Like it looks straightforward, but Norris had a lot to do because he boxed from his mediums onto hards just before the rain came. Yeah, lost out to obviously they're both behind Sonoda. He lost out to Piastri. He got that place back on Piastri, 
got the move done on Sonoda and obviously, like you said, then took off in the, into the distance. So for a lot of work, it is just two points. Uh, on the, I'm sure it's still on YouTube, but the F1, <laughs> given that your experience, but the F1 post-race show, you gave a really fascinating long answer to Will Buxton on the F1 post-race show about the dynamics that he was going through in the race and the the kind of the things that play in in, in the race in that in that stint in the wet as well and he was, it was fascinating to hear his feedback i really recommend watching it if you get a chance it was a really nice long answer i just norris is chatty when he wants to be i think he's happy so he was chatty but yeah he can be quite short with his answer sometimes you kind of know when norris is not particularly impressed but he seems happy to talk Every after the race ah uh, yeah that's true well apart from lance Stroll, who never wants to talk but because he's got yeah. the, uh, he's, I was going to say, well, he's a wet wipe, but let's be real. <laughs> wow. Although I do, I to be fair, that is insane. That like I look, I don't think he's got a lot of personality. I did mean to watch his his uh, not sit down, but his hang out with Ted Kravitz. I think it's like twenty minutes or, so, or no, not twenty minutes, but it's, there's a feature on Sky Sports. I meant to look, but I haven't. So we'll see. Wow. Yeah, um, a very quiet and solid drive from Oscar Piastri as well. They split the strategies, I believe, with the, the car, so he was on hards. So, but he wasn't a million miles away from his teammate at all, and four seconds back for a majority of it. Yeah, and wasn't again wasn't a million miles away at the flag as well, and in, in, in tough conditions for a rookie, I think he acquitted himself really, really well. You look, That's you know, his first drive race in an F one car. Hmm. Like the toughest target of them all to be in the wet. Yeah, first race at Monaco, obviously in the wet, difficult conditions. But saying that, I think you could sort of flash some of that back to his experience in F2, where it was also wet. Mm. But saying that, that was two years ago. Yeah, but I've, I've practiced probably since then. But yeah, I think he had a very quietly solid race. Very, very just good. Just, yeah, I, I imagine Ricardo would have been 17th in that race. <laughs> Given the same equipment, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know so, what you mean. He's literally where McCarran needed him to be. Yeah, and score points. So, props again. It's only one point, but these are like a, that was a that was a that's like a that's like a you you go back like you go over these things in the season. That's a that's a big check in his rookie book, so to speak. That's a, that's a big yeah. one to finish your race at Monaco in those conditions in the wet. You're very respectable compared to your very highly regarded teammate. Again, doesn't, he's not going to get a lot of shine for it, but I think he's done a fantastic job this weekend. Yeah. So, fair play. And also, the fact that they've got three points for the constructors where they're probably going to finish sixth is uh, a big dub. Yeah, I mean, like to be fair, like, they're a freak result away from dropping behind the likes of an Alfa Romeo or a Haas. Like, they're on 17 points. Haas are on eight, Alfa are on six. We've seen some freaky Shambles. shit happen. Shambles. And given how uh, rare points can be for some of these guys... It's important, these. So it's a good day for them. Yeah. I'm more... Again, I want to see how they look at Spain. Uh, I have some concerns that they may not be as competitive, but we'll see. They did say that B-Spec is coming at Silverstone. Okay. The complete B-Spec. Ooh. So... Hmm. So the, that, I know we've spoke about the Baku upgrade was basically a beast spec, but this is the well, official beast spec. Yeah, the Baku one is what they should have had from the start. The Baku one was the A spec. Yeah, <laughs> Very that's the twenty twenty three car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that they're, they're look they look they are really still behind, but weekends like this help them show that they're not too far behind. Yeah. 
So we'll and when your team bosses it in, in Indianapolis, it doesn't. It does show good that you're actually bringing in double points. Yeah, I'm not crashing two of the cars, two of the four <laughs> cars. Though, you know what I mean? Yeah, a third. Of, like, you're talking about six McLarens on the weekend. A third of them ended up in the wall. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I'm going to give a winner of the weekend to Yuki Tsunoda's dry stint. I was going to put him in, but I, I just couldn't because of the. I know. The oh, he got absolutely shattered. My by man. That. Oh, his shit breaks. Oh, my goodness. He was nowhere in a good way in this race. He was in ninth, a million miles away from Carlos Sainz, and a million miles ahead almost of Lando Nars. It was like nine, ten seconds. Yeah. He was clear. He was safe. It was very safe. Lap 53, like, absolutely fine. He drove, he was, he'd driven a brilliant race in, like, well, we're going to see how shit that Alphatari is or is not in the next race in Spain. There's, like we said, there's a lot of upgrades on that thing. So we'll, we'll see if it's still the, the slowest it's car. The brakes. Um, the brakes were not one of them, sadly. Um, they, it was horrendous for Sonoda in the wet. Four or five seconds slower than the guy, some of the guys around him. Even he was even a couple of seconds last slower than DeVries as well, so it all went to shit. Then, yeah, um, absolutely mugged on the brakes into turn one, just had nothing. Um, probably broke out thirty meters earlier than Norris and Piastri. So all they had to do was just go to the outside and just break, <laughs> like 12, yeah, thirty they meters had later the for some reason as well, which I thought was fucking bizarre. Little weird one, little weird, but. Anyway, Sonoda ended off then off uh, off the track as well and ended up and then, then finishing 15th so, in two laps down. Yes. So, but I will give a winner to his teammate, actually. Yeah. For not winning it. Good weekend. He's coming home 11th? 12th, 12th in the end. Yeah. So the fact he didn't bin it, a track where I predicted him to bin it, twice. On the weekend where he's obviously, he faced, uh, he faced some of the scrutiny from the press about his, his future. Yeah, probably not as much as what he would have got, but some of it. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah. Um, and on a weekend where one of the Red Bull Juniors wins one of the sprint races, it's um, yeah a good weekend to have a semi-decent weekend. Yeah, he, he just needed a not-shit weekend, essentially. And P12 was a good result yeah. for him. I'm actually going to give a half winner as well to Alfa Romeo for, for their races as well. Like, Bottas finished P11. Joe turned... to Bottas for his, for his free practice. Yeah. <laughs> And he made an overtake at Monaco, which is not like Bottas. He did. Uh, won the bear once too into the low hairpin. Yeah. Snuck up the inside of Albon there. Very nice. And I'm going to give one to Guan Yu Joe for turning P19 to P13. Yeah. Always good around Monaco. So fair play. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I have any others left. Oh, no, left. I do. I do. Mm, shoot. I'm going, to, I'm going to give a winner to the F1 TV direction. Ah, yes. Fantastic. I think it was much improved on the fact that they now have it off of the Monaco like organization. <laughs> yeah. The fact we got helicopter shots, loads of brand new camera angles, mm-hmm. just made it a lot more of a better experience, I think. So props. Did you enjoy the Alonso radio graphic in the tunnel that came up on the yeah, on the, in the tunnel as cool. he was on? I think that was nicely timed. It was very cool. I did like that. Yeah. A good way of the weekend with them. Some, the, aerial shot, the aerial shots in particular are very nice. Yeah. It was nice to see Monaco. Yeah. It's a beautiful place, man. Don't be afraid to showcase it. You know, you don't get to see it. Mm. Absolutely. And you got to see some of the cards rolling in, actually, a lot better mm. to the right-hand side of the track. If you're looking at Monaco from the sea, 
and you look to your right, you never normally get to see that portion. It's from the Italian side, isn't it? Yeah, you never normally see that one. Normally see the left hand side. <laughs> uh, so I think that's all the winners anyway. I have, I have one meh. Mm. Ferrari. Ooh. I will put In them as losers, of, to be fair. You would have, okay. I, the, I was more the point of the fact they didn't bin it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, it, was, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad the, at the same time. The thing is that, organisationally, they've come under scrutiny again. Like, Science was not happy during the race. I, I will defend them on this one, to be fair. He was unhappy about not having the chance to overcut Ocon. Hamilton would have absolutely nailed him. Like, he came out a second ahead of Hamilton. Leclerc ended up, like, nine seconds behind Hamilton trying to go long. So either you're pissed about not having a chance to go with Ocon or you're pissed about getting undergo by Hamilton. It's no win for Ferrari there. But I do yeah. think they completely cocked up themselves for Leclerc, who never got to show his true pace really in the end. Um, I think he would have been strong. to come. This would have been their best chance heading into the, like, into the season, heading into this one, based on what we've seen, not just last year, but obviously in Baku recently. To come away from this weekend with a P6 and a P8 is pretty bad that's really really bad it's not the best no but at least they've finished i'll tell you that was a strong point from ferrari <sighs> if that, i mean that's that's a, that, that's, that's, a low that's, bar. That's, that's a low bar but that's the bar that i'm currently living at yeah so leclerc's race is kind of undone by that i think what do you what, is, what else is there to say about leclerc's race really i mean what else could you no they, they left him out long and that didn't didn't obviously work out and Science was in a good place, fighting Ocon, tore off his front wing, part of it, the end place, didn't really seem to hinder him much, <laughs> to be fair. He's still happy with the balance. Got us a black and white flag for that. What do you think? What do you think of that? Yeah. Yellow card, basically, for a bad tackle. <laughs> yeah, basically. Just misjudged it and then blamed Ocon. Good one. Yeah, not a fan of that. There was a great moment, though. Um, obviously, Science went off uh, uh, when the rain hit. To be fair, the difference between them and Mercedes, the lap science went off that Hamilton pitted. It was, that, was, that was the perfect time to do it. So mm. Ferrari got that one lap to leap, but science slid into the barrier at Mirabeau. Leclerc ended up jumping him. I don't think he got a chance to see it, but Leclerc got a big slide out of the Nouvelle Chicane. Yeah, we saw it. Science had to try to go and Leclerc close that door. Yeah, he knew that was, that yeah. was the difference. Then Ferrari asks Science as he's coming through the swimming pool. They're both boxing, by like so they're both boxing. Obviously, the track is completely uh, un, uh, not, is completely fecked for for dries. They asked Science at the swimming pool to open up an eight second gap to Leclerc, who is directly in front of him. Yeah. Now I will say Science did not do that, but he timed it pretty well, regardless. Yeah. But still. <laughs> did you know, Graham? Yes. It's been 3,227 days since Alonso's last P2 finish. Start of the day. Oh, now I'm trying to think the race. Oh, it's very... Race, it, it's, oh, it's obvious what race it is. It's Hungary 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. That's crazy. 3,227. Yeah. It's like 2012 was his last poll. Like, what the hell? Hamilton's taken like 80 wins since then. Uh... I was still in school. Thirty-nine <laughs> wins to now become the all-time Red Bull. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that when the weekend. Yeah, I would take. We mentioned when he we leveled with Seb, but yeah, officially Red Bull's most winningest driver, most successful. Well, 
I mean, most successful. In terms of wins. Yeah. You, I assume you count Vettel still more successful in terms of yeah, four titles. Yeah. Uh, Ferrari, what else was there? Ferrari. Yeah. Just mistakes yeah. from them, mistakes from science. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, even, I don't blame Leclerc much for this weekend, but P6 and P, P8. Oof. Not. Yay. Not great, sadly. Not a great return for them. Uh, loser at the weekend. Who else? Haas. Yeah. Just yeah. an absolute shit show, really. Bow knocked down. Yes, happy 150th Grand Prix. Yeah. Bow knocked down Q1. Kept Magnussen out in on dries, trying to go to wets. Inevitably ended up in the wall. Yeah. Hulkenberg didn't serve his penalty correctly after. Yeah, they're dealing with a car issue for Hulkenberg all weekend as well. Yeah, it was just an absolute mess. Mm. For the. Yeah. Oh, by the way, quick shout out for Guan Yu Zhou for a cost speeding into the pit lane four times in one of the practice sessions. <laughs> <laughs> just a quick shout out for that. Obviously, something was wrong. Though. Yeah. Well, I, hold on. Let me just close the tab. He explained it. There's an article at racefans.net. Um, after the first or second one, I think I had a misunderstanding with their team. Uh, misunderstanding with the team radio. I thought they told me to release a pit limiter earlier, but rather than that, I think it was the opposite way around. So that's where I went wrong. <laughs> So, uh, do do incur only eight hundred euro fine for all that. That's mental. So, unusually, another driver, Logan Sargent, also incurred multiple speed penalties in the same session, collecting three hundred in fines. And then Hamilton also did that, six hundred fines. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Good. Some, uh, some interesting ones. And yeah, and but then Snowdo was hit with a formal warning for uh, his speed limit or not. <laughs> So I don't know some weird inconsistency in terms of money there. Clearly, obviously, they know he's got plenty of money. Anyway, oh, plenty of money. Speaking of um, massive lose the weekend for Lance Stroll. This is probably the biggest, probably the biggest one of the weekend. Actually, um, yeah. do you know what? He was actually looking okay in practice three and in Q one. Um, forgot to mention, of course, that Mercedes always got themselves knocked out twice in Q one and Q two. But uh, which was funny, yeah. Both were low. Both they would have been knocked out if there was a red flag, so they got lucky in that sense. But yeah. Anyway, uh, Stroll got knocked out in Q two. A combination of things: shit lap, way bridge mix up, just all round shambles. If you could blame the team for the one in Miami, is no one really to blame for this one? And then the race. Well, he gave it a go. Like he tried some weird overtaking opportunities. He got a good one on uh, on Sargent, I think, into Ras Castle. Was nice. To, to be honest, everyone was just true. Margin at that point, ties were dead. Very true. The he tried on. Who was it? Was it def- Magnussen into last yes, corner? Yes, into Nose again. Ambitious. Then that was there. Yeah. Then he began to. Oh, he had a. It came together on lap one, obviously, with someone as well. With Hulkenberg, uh, I believe it was. Yes, so. that's the one. And then tried to create a fake brake problem. Similar to how he quit on last year's do. Baku race. As you do. Yeah, because he was getting nowhere. And then they paid early on to Inters. And he went off onset Inters down at Mirabeau. Got himself out. Crashed into Lowe's. Have you seen? Have you seen the footage of that? By the way, honestly, I've it's seen it on so Twitter. People, funny. Are, people are like catching it. Me when I play F one. Yeah, I saw. I saw for the first time. In I the saw world. the exact same tweet. I was watching it live when it happened. And I remember telling you about it. It's just it just keeps crashing like doink into lows, which I think actually ended up fecking up the rear, the the front right. 
Um, then he doinked into the left afterwards. Well, he got the he got the front wing under his car, so that's why. Well, that came out, that. but it still wasn't really. I think he had given up by that point. I think even if the car could have turned, I think he could have nursed it back. He only could have tried to get through Porti or through Portain into the tunnel, and if not, he, he then just pull down the escape road. He literally did what we used to do in Formula One <laughs> races. Because once you've got damage with front wing, you just literally aim it for the next wall available yeah. and just full pelt it. <laughs> So that was uh, I was it was all it was it was actually hilarious. Just Mirabeau people have missed the one in Mirabeau, but that that set it up. Then Doink one, Doink two, and then pulled off into Portier. The only yeah. I will say this to the to everyone else: the only retirement of the race. I think it was a, the win of the weekend for everyone to keep it in the straight line. No safety cars, no VSCs. Incre- no, incredible the scenes. More VSCs than practice. Yeah. But like, given the conditions and everything, that's 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 amazing. So fair play, and it it speaks volumes that Stroll's the only one that really ended up crashing out. Yeah. Um, also, mm. go on. While, while we're talking about VSCs, they actually trialed this in uh, in pre practice three. They used a VSC instead of red flagging a fucking session. Wow. Why have they not done this before? <laughs> you know. Fucking stupid. Mm. Always dumb. Well, as well as that, the FI it actually flew right under the radar. No one's talking about this. FI introduced a yellow flag there. speed limit as well. Yes. Uh, they so for double wave yellows. So for double wave yellows, yes. So they know they say that we know it's going to affect people essentially more than others, but this is in somewhat response to the dynamic that happened at Suzuka last year. Yeah. So. Um, this is what um, FIA Technical Director Tim, Gro- uh, Tim Goss had to say. Uh, what we want to do is provide drivers with a tool to help them during incidents and make races even safer. For some years with the safety car and VSC, we've used Delta Times, a reference to a speed limit that we have around this track. So when there is a physical or virtual safety car, the drivers are informed of that Delta Time on their dashboard display and by radio tones that so they have to maintain a positive value, meaning that they're slower than the reference, for the, for the reference time of the lap. What we want to do now is to extend the use of the delta time concept to ensure that cars strictly slow down, slow to the required delta time when double wave yellows are flagged. Sorry, when double yellow flags are shown in the VSC or safety car. So we're introducing a dedicated reference speed limit in the area where those flags are displayed. Good. So he explains an absolute catastrophic accident in Formula mm. Two because of this. Yeah, and this like this this change was it was announced before that. So. Yeah. Um, head of F- F1 Electronics Olivier Hulot said under VSC when the driver enters a double yellow what he sees on the dashboard is zero so the delta time resets and then he has to drive below to a new speed limit and he again gets a positive or negative delta relative to that speed limit so the same principle as before except that it's specific to a double yellow zone yeah you won't be able to notice it from the naked eye from like the outboard shots but on the mm. inboard shots you'll be able to see it yeah is basically how Sky basically put it. So they know this is going to lose time relative to where people are on track, but this is one of the things they're doing for safety. So yeah, there you go. That was a quick one there. Uh, the bigger problem with Lance Stroll, and it's becoming very much the case now, uh, Alonso's got 93 points. Stroll's got 27. So that's Alonso 77 and a half of all their points this year. Yeah, you can add on 10 more. Right. The the dumb thing Abu Dhabi was not his uh, not Abu Dhabi Saudi Arabia was not his fault. Mm. But this one, it was self inflicted. 
Yeah, as look, as they kind of tend to be. The the larger problem, obviously, is you're you're in a, you have a legitimate chance to be Mercedes, and you are, but only because one driver is comprehensively carrying the load. The over over twenty two races, the combined might of Hamilton and Russell will beat Alonso and Stroll at this, as is currently down this path, as is currently being shown. Yeah, hundred percent. And with these, like with, with Marsh's, like with Marsh's comments are significant. Like to have a senior f- uh, figure from Aston Martin publicly say these things about their two drivers, everyone knows that that's not going to be Alonso making way for Sonoda like that. Yeah. So there, there is it. This, this shit does matter. The prize money, they can spin it off and be like, ah, oh, we have. It's better we have more development time. It's better to ha- in Aston Martin's case, it's better to have the prize money than it is development time. Yeah. That's what matters. It's and the teams value that more, I think, generally speaking. So this shit does matter, and Stroll's gonna have to pull the finger out. He's got to do so pretty quickly here. Oh, hundred percent. Because I, he doesn't like. Here's the thing: I don't think he has the stability of a long-term contract. He just it's year by year, isn't it? That it, feel, it feels it's like always year by year. Always. So, yeah, it's not great. And how many drivers would bite your arm off? To have a Why go not? at that Aston Martin seat, so many. Again, like we look, I said at the time when Vettel vacated that seat, it's a huge seat to have available. Like it's a ma- like because we know eventually down the road it's going to be a great seat. It's a great seat now. It fast tracked that. It should be one of the most coveted seats on the grid. Alonso won that. There should be another one going. Everyone should be asking about that seat. That isn't it is somewhere else on the grid, really. Yeah, basically. So. If you're Lando Norris, even um, well, Norris will have options, but I guess I mean who uh, actually who even will go into it? Science. Yeah. Probably. That'd be a good landing spot. Short, to be fair. As a, as a short time option, anyway. Yeah, well, assuming obviously a Ferrari boot him out because given the choice, yeah. of course, <laughs> I'm sure he'd stay. But yeah, losing the weekend for Lance Stroll that was shambolic. Uh, <laughs> just start to finish really yeah and then you can just chuck Williams in this as well at the same yeah point, to wrap it up uh, well not well yeah we'll, we'll touch on Perez briefly but oh I forgot about the, the Williams thing look this is one of their worst races last year it was not like the entire way specifically was really bad for them last year it, not, it reared its head it again yeah. yeah so Albon got P14 out of it which is pretty good all things considered but um, Sargent yeah. did struggle a little bit more it was a tough one for him but Again, I wouldn't. I don't really fault him too much. He kept it out of the wall for the most part. He got he got a little bit stuck at Lowe's. Not really his fault, so to speak. Conditions were tough. It, that car is just not the one for that track. So we'll see where they are in. No, they used it as a lesson actually. James Valves was explaining this. They put him on soft tires to basically teach him how to deal with draining. Did you know that? I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's what that makes sense. He, because he was started on mediums, mm. came in because James Alves was basically saying that they were struggling with deg on both front and rear, so they brought him on hards, and then he got a puncture on the hards, and had no tires. So they were like, right, well, we're going to teach you because you're basically last anyway. Now we're going to teach you how to deal with graining. So that's what they did until yeah. the rain came. I, like he it was, was thirty laps on the softs. <laughs> like Albon, like it was his main. Uh, it was main, his main qualm last year at this race was uh, yeah. was there was that because he, he was really unhappy with how the tyres reacted really so yeah but yeah tough one for Williams and then obviously look Perez we kind of touched on pretty damn damaging to be fair 
that was that was literally the worst. Like Australia, you could make up somewhat and have some damage limitation. You can get, but you can get back. That was the worst place in the world to have a mistake like that. Um, and they have the pace for at least the top three easily. Like he's in there, he's in the Red Bull. Like it's you know it's a minimum podium. You know, basically every race essentially. I, I, I sent to you as the accident happened. In quotes, king of the streets. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Like, yeah, I said let's let's wait, let's let's pump the brakes on that, and yeah, he pumped it into a wall. He did, he did. Uh, yeah, that was rough. Obviously, won the race last year. It was it was a that was a very painful weekend. Let's see how he reacts in Spain, but yeah, pretty damaging. We'll see how well it, it was. Pretty detrimental to his his already. Uh, it was, well, yeah, it's now it's now faltering. That's like now it's faltering. It wasn't really faltering after Miami, but now it's definitely faltering. So big response needed. Uh, yeah. That's about it, really. I have. So yeah, that's really it. Yeah, oh, Robert race racing. I have ten. Was this the race of the season? No. So far, no. It's got to be close, though, right? What, what do you have above it? nothing because they've all been shit <laughs> Graham you can't have me sat- sitting there for for an hour and 20 minutes out of an hour and 40 minute race and say that's the race of the season for a two lap period where something happened whoa 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 no come on nothing then. happened nothing a few cars went skid skid and that was it come on that race was exciting when the rain no. came it was exciting for that five minute period after it had all settled down again it was a Bit the end of the race, did, yeah, I agree with you with the with the end of the race in that regard. But it was from like, really fun from like fifty five to like sixty five. Fine, yeah, anything could have happened. So, but our, after that, no, I believe that was our. I believe that was our first wet. Or, we have plenty of wet to dry races. I think that's our first dry to wet race since Russia, yeah. twenty one. But they're so much better, by the way. Dry to wet is so much better than wet to dry. Yeah, they're fun. So much, but that was that was so fun. Like. Again, like not here's the thing, not a lot actually changes at the top ten when it comes like what actually happened. In the end it was we lost Stroll, uh Sonoda dropped, sank like a stone. Perez uh, who did even actually who did he actually bump into Raskas in the end? It was Magnuson. Yeah, jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh obviously forced to pit. Uh, but like the top ten, like what happened? Russell got above a few cars, Sainz dropped out. <laughs> Gassi had already really fallen. Yeah, there you go. So like, not a lot actually, not a lot actually changed, but you still, it was. It's the fact that you you knew that anything could have happened. Yeah, like it was. They were tough conditions, so I think it was a fun race just for that element. So I would actually give it a seven and a half out of ten. Six. <laughs> we really do differ here, don't we? That's fine. With mid. That's fine. Yeah, I can look. We had some overtakes before the West, though. It was, it was fine. There was six. Look, it's Monaco, man. You you, you take it. You know which, what is, I mean? which, is sham, which is shambolic on Baku's behalf, which had seven. Yeah, that's shockingly bad. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Monaco, it did quite well. For saying that, we had three of them in one lap. But, you know. <laughs> Listen, man. In terms of on-track overtakes, we probably had more than that, to be fair. After, I stopped counting after that. but <laughs> um, It was definitely six. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's all there is to add on that. Now, what do we want to jump to next? There's no really, there's nothing really coming through after the race. A couple of quite like, I still don't think Aston really blew that race. It was, I don't think no. it would have made a difference. No, it, just, it just would have been closer. Other than that, I mean, yeah, not a lot coming through really. So there you go. 
Did you notice the increased security at the weekend, by the way, just in, in parts? No. Especially on the junior grids. I did not. I thought they were, I thought we were going to get some sort of protest. I think they were planning that there are some... They have to, oh, they, yes, those, those mentions of this. I mentioned Remember their French workers situation thing? Yeah, yeah, I did mention that there was something potentially happening. I think they were, I think they were ready for it. Yeah. So, but good on them for being ready for that. Um, and obviously the Formula E stuff from Berlin obviously springs recently to mind as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shambles that was. Anyway, uh, what do you want? Do you want to talk indie first, or do you want to talk about Spain? We should stick with F one. No, really. Yeah, stick with F one. There's literally not much to say about. There's nothing one. to say really. Like again, we are really establishing a pecking order here again. So Monaco, look, is it's a, in, it's a interesting space really. But like so many teams are the upgrades that we mentioned. Let's just see where things happen. Just big things I'm looking forward to. Uh, obviously, Perez's response here, pretty pretty big. If we want to have any semblance of a title hope, uh, going to need something. He's going to need to, something to go his way here to start in making inroads. A win would go a long way to that. We'll see how he gets on with that. Uh, obviously, where Aston are after upgrades and where Mercedes are on upgrades, we'll see. Uh, I still don't think Mercedes are too pleased about their floor being shown, but alas. And I want to see where Alpine are. I have high hopes. Well, not really hopes. I don't like either. I, I, I want Gassi to do well over Ocon, but I don't, not massive on either of them, but I've backed myself onto this hill. That I think they're right there, the others. I want to see it. I think we've, we're, we're going to see where the land lies with them. And I guess I'm looking forward to seeing where AlphaTauri are and what Sonoda could continue to do. I still think he's having a fantastic season. He deserved points, I think, from... Monaco, just a shame how things went with the red, with the rain. But yeah. other than that, I don't really have a ton of our thoughts for Spain. It's just literally just, re-establishing a pecking order. I'm just looking forward to see how a for I fuck it up, um, and then b how the track track changes sort of make a difference to the race. Pretty much, I'm, I'm more, not. I'm more interested. In... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not expectant. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm literally expecting the same. Just a longer, longer ability of not being able to pass. Yeah, we'll see. Look, I get, I, I watched four of the regional European teams in my Alpine, Ash, Spain, and I know they got pushed to pass Just and not DRS. Frecker. Yeah, I, I, I did not. Uh, different, different kettle of fish. I realise, but we'll see. We'll see. Yes. Uh, predictions. I'm only going to give you a top five because I'm not going to bother counting Stroll anymore or the Ferraris, so what's the point? <laughs> right, hit me. Uh, Max, Perez, Alonso. I've heard that Charles, somewhere before. Okay. George. So forget the Ferraris, but stick within the top five. Yeah. Uh, boom, I will go for Max, Checo, Alonso. Actually, I'm going to stick Lewis Hamilton on the podium here. What, in Spain? Yeah. Fernando Alonso's home Grand Prix. I know, it's rough, isn't it? He'll be fourth ahead of uh, Charlie Leclerc in fifth. Then I'll have Russell after that. And yeah, then... signs to wipe out Lance Stroll at Turmoil. <laughs> I actually would. I might... I would actually... If you were to go here for a top seven or eight, I actually might stick an Alpine above one of them. One of, oh, above right. one of Sainz or Stroll. I obviously would bet Stroll still, but he could do he could do the good weekend. To be fair, 
Uh, do, do, do. Is there anything funky in the driver standings going on at the moment? I guess they're in the Battle of World Wars. Hamilton's on 69 points, Russell 50, Sainz 48, Leclerc 42. Yeah. In that in that gaggle behind Alonso and Perez and Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Nice lead for Hamilton there, to be fair. Looking looking good. Yeah. Anyway, uh do, do, do. soon, soon Charlie Leclerc will be back ahead of Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Maybe yeah. by the end of this weekend. Probably. <laughs> Balance as uh, all things balance as should be. Anyway, uh, to, to do right, I'll talk quickly. Talk Indy five hundred. I can anticlimax it, Raj. Yeah, the it were set. We were, we were set for an absolutely grandstand finish between uh, some guys who had pit and then some guys who hadn't under the caution. Which caution was it? Rose Grosjean. It was the Grosjean yeah. caution. That's what it was. Second caution after Stingray Rob crashed out. Oh, so. poor Stingray. He was fuming with Graham Rahal, man. Absolutely fuming. Graham Rahal literally did nothing wrong. <laughs> Stingray Rob was not happy. I was, I was, I was like, oh no, it's Stingray Rob. No, uh, poor chap. Anyway, that was, yeah. But then obviously the monumental crash. Uh, not the first one. Rosenquist bottled it and went off. Um, it was Kirkwood who couldn't avoid it, and that was a scary accident. Wheel went flying. Some 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 blokes' cars. Some bloke Chevrolet's got a massive wheel in the middle of it now. To be fair, if that landed, that that would have gone through the windscreen if they had landed there. That that car got off lightly. Um, yeah, the the fact that they did that to a car. It one hundred percent would have killed a person. There's no question about it. Yeah, that's no it, That's not even the question. We've had tire runaway tires have fatalities in F one before. Then yeah. in the pit lane, forget. One travelling through the flipping air at speed. It was at some pace. Yeah, it was scary. Obviously, it was a scary flip for Kirkwood. The, and that, that was with wheel tempers as well. Yeah. Mental. Yeah. That is one of the scarier onboards I've seen. They were quick to switch that, weren't they? Jeez. Yeah, they were not afraid to show that. No. I mean, I mean, it's fair. Like, I, It's fair if he's okay and all, but... Is it? Once or twice. They showed it too much, I think. Post-race. Show it again post race. Show it once for if you want. No, I want to even show it once. Really? Post race. Wow. Always should have been post race. Once the once he's been medically cleared. Or post interview even after the medical yeah. medical center. When, once he's been post when he's been cleared by the medical team and he's done his interview, fine. I do not need to see him being chucked down some tarmac upside down. Undoing his visor. That was a strange one. I guess it was just instinct, but yeah, because you just couldn't see anything. All those who said the halo and the aero screen were a bad idea, go fuck yourselves, honestly. Yeah, great shot. The I, the one thing that reverse onboard had was just the halo just scraping away behind. Whew. Doing his job. Yeah, fair play. Excellent stuff. Uh, obviously, glad Kirk was okay. Because um, obviously, <laughs> at us. Crushwood. Yeah, well, I mean, it was scary shit. In the, in the, wrong, in the wrong circumstances. That was right place, thing. wrong time, sadly. Yeah, literally. Because he was up he, there. Uh, he was more enough focusing on Ferrucci, being an absolute idiot like an illness. Yeah, so that's uh, that has obviously brought the red, and I still the think red sprees reds. Yes, <laughs> yeah, not just Apparently. cautions, breed cautions. But look, obviously the the big one that we could have, we still could have got ten laps, fifteen laps of some really good racing, but then Pato and Ericsson, Ericsson came together. Now Pato was very clear about this afterwards um, said he was far too nice and he was very insistent that he's taking Ericsson with him next time 
That's what he said. Pato doesn't. I love Pato so much. He just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he said he was far too nice for his own good, and he's, he's already uh, he's taking everything with him next time. He's already bumming top digs now, and he's got <laughs> with him now. He's starting on his potential teammate for next year. Yeah, good one. Oh gosh! So that's gonna be fun for the rest of the season watching those two because Pato is not gonna give a single shit anymore. Uh, I think we're split on this ourselves. I. Th- I do think Pato definitely could have had a bit more patience. At the same time, you've the... seen the onboard. I have not. Oh, the onboard was on Sky in the end. Was it? I didn't. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, uh, you must have missed it. Yeah, I, I was. Well, I was playing Grand Turismo at the time. To be fair, <laughs> so I look. The, could have Pato have waited? He was on bare tires. Yeah, he could have waited. The gap was there though. I think mean, he's not. He's not going to not go for it. To be fair, he I, he did say that new guy was going was going. So. I think he was afraid yeah. to let Newgar. Well, I, I, I get that as well. I think Ericsson definitely could have helped play ball a little bit more. And yeah, a wheel, a, a, another another meter or so needed to been fine. That's all he needed because a war was like I went to the apron to give him the space essentially. Yeah, and Ericsson had a moment because of it. Even he did want to save it. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ericsson. Well, there was a. So, so that was sucked for obviously. Uh, that sucked. We obviously we lost Palo from the equation because Flippin' Rina's VK lost it coming out of the pits and then crashed into Palo. That was that was gushing. That was that was unfortunate. Still recovered he, to finish fucking fit. He did incredibly well. He did he did incredibly well. Mental. To so he he comes away a winner in the sense that he probably he extended his championship lead. Yeah. So, but he really, I hard to say. He like his stint too wasn't great. He was in the front of it for a lot. He picked very early. Yeah. He was in the mix for sure, but uh, obviously it wasn't as clear cut for him to obviously win it. So it would have been interesting where he would have filtered back through after the next stint, uh, after the uh, if he hadn't been hit into, of course. Uh, then what well, we had read at the start then for the three car collision in the straight line that was frustrating. And then obviously you got one lap shootout. Who uh, was that? The one that created the one lap shootout in the end? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was. Uh, Ericsson being in front, new guy. I mean, like nothing you could with one with two laps. I think it would have been fine. One lap. Well, what can you do, really? Twitter is running with it as IndyCar's Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one. That last year was the race for that, not this year. Ericsson feels he's been robbed. He. Yeah, like he can't feel like um, he can feel that way. He's entitled to feel that way. He, sh- he I disagree with him feeling that way because the nature that he won it last year was exact was worse than than this year, far yeah, far worse. Was. I remember being I remember being years. so angry about how that happened last year. He absolutely shouted and then weaved his way five million times to prevent a ward getting through. I'm, I'm literally glad that New God went and did exactly the same and more and basically put them both in the pits. Oh, that was mad. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, to uh, seal the victory. And I'm glad because New Garden has not been able to do this since joining IndyCar. Yeah. It's been like the one thing that's sort of. He's a two time champ, wins quite a few races each season. Probably should have won the title last year, really. He's probably the better of the two Penskis. Just Will Powers just a consistent fog. Yeah, well, he obviously had a rough qualifying and that put him, just put him basically out of the equation in yeah. Laguna Seca. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and got a one from 17th, so, you know. Yeah, mental. crazy that, actually. Look, Newgarden's not my favourite drive in the world, but to be fair, we had Ferrucci in the mix, we had Rossi, we had almost had Kirkwood as well. Newgarden's not the worst of those, so. I, I'm just happy as long as it's not them two. 
and it's a, a first time winner. That's fine. Yeah, that's fair. I gotta say though, the you, we really should have had a McLaren win. Yeah, probably should have. Yeah, but Rosenquist bottled it, and Award and Ericsson came together. Do you think Eric uh, Award had sh- flashes from last year in his mind when going yeah, for that move? Did. Yeah, he had to. Did. Did I think so as well. Yeah, a shame that it kind of was stop start at the end because it re- it really was heading for a thrilling conclusion. Then the uh, yeah, something that was should have been done within the next fifteen minutes ended up taking forty five minutes. And yeah, took the, took the action out of the out of it. To be honest, it was unfortunate because like I forget this every year. It really is a marathon, not a sprint. And my heart was really getting to get jacked going for when the award came in and he came out in third. He's like, oh shit, he's right there. And it was literally go time. It was absolutely go time. And then, yeah, the Rosenquist, Kirkwood stuff happened and then like stopped starting. It was unfortunate. Our boy, our fucking boy, Cam Eilat, led the Indy 500. Oh, yeah. loved it. He got absolutely shafted. With the he crash, and he did still finish P eleven, which is more like which was good, but right. he could have easily finished top seven eight if Award filtered where he did because like he was in like the twenties for like a good chunk of that race. Yeah, and nearly didn't qualify. Yeah, <laughs> I'm delighted for him. That's some good points for him, but he really should have had more. It was unfortunate, but like I loved, I loved seeing him going past Will Power. It was like hell yeah, <laughs> loved that. Uh, what other moments did you have that you enjoyed from the Indy 500? I I did enjoy it. It's just it just was a shame that the... there wasn't many. To be fair, it was it was just typical Grosjean crashing out again. Yeah, that it? was rough. Man cannot do oval save his life. No, <laughs> turn two, man. You pa- can't do turn two yeah, to save his turn life. Turn two, turn two. Yeah, last last three ovals, I think it is. He's crashed out of turn two. It's uh, ridiculous. But the, no, apart from that, solid seven out of ten race. Yeah, could have been an eight if it was the. No reds at the end. Yeah, look, lo- like losing Palo from the equation, losing Award. They that was tough. Even VK. Yeah, VK was right there too. And even I even chucked Dixon into that mix to be honest, because you can never sort of write off someone with that amount of experience. And he did get back into it to be fair to him. And I've never seen a car vibrate like that before. The last thing that even comes close to my mind is Kimi Räikkönen in two thousand and five yeah. with the Nurburgring. And even then, he wasn't doing the speeds Dixon was. No, doing. not even close. <laughs> Man would have been vibrated to death. That's like, like it was like motion blur was turned on. It really, really was. Even the onboard camera was shaking. It was crazy. So I would love to know how his bones were feeling, and you can understand why he dropped like he did. So I was like, I couldn't figure it out at first. I was like, what? It was strange. And then I, then I realised he's basically being turned into a milkshake. Yeah, balls of steel. I will say, like, that's talk about sending. Fair fucking play. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. Uh, is there anything else from that? I'm trying to think. No. Yeah. Look, it was good. It was just yeah, it could have been. Bit, yeah. Look, no one's could have been. No one's fault, really. Well, uh, I'll blame Marcus Ericsson so much. But... Yeah. But other than that, I mean, yeah, it was it was good fun. But it was a good Sunday again between the two races. It was a good. It was a good Sunday overall. Yeah. So can't complain too much. Right. I think that that about does it. I think. Yeah, we will catch up on F2 and F3. Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, no point. not much to say. Not much to say, really. Was there, was there just very quickly, anything that just comes to mind very quickly with F2 and F3? Um, Victor Martin should get a race bar. Really? Yes. Wow, okay. It doesn't matter who our driver is. 
very spam. Mm. Yeah. Just being that unaware and not looking at the flags, you know. Yeah. And having to, having to drive would have surely been told where the accident was and would have seen it on the TV screen surely. You know, it's, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll catch up with that anyway. Yeah. Are, are F3 in action as well? I'd imagine so. I'll double check that quickly. Also, I'm going to mention this now before I forget. Hmm. The fact that the F3 paddock was in a different fucking country. Oh, yeah. Before I mention, yeah, there's that. And I love, do you like, just very quickly on this. Like, you think of, you think of Monaco. You think glitz, glamour, diamonds, yeah, casinos, transit vans. You've literally read my mind. It's just That's how they're operating the pit lane. <laughs> just white vans. <laughs> And then you had the F2 pad, it was in a car park, in a multi-story <laughs> car park. For fuck's sake. Oh, dear. I thought that was so funny. It's like, it's like you've got... The pit lane was just littered with transit vans. It's like, like you think of like keywords like Monaco, casino, nighttime, glamour, Maria Sharapova, uh, you know, you, you run through the Smith, list. Tom Holland. Uh, you know, like, like, just everything, just... You know, superstardom, and we've got you know the, the pinnacle, the, and we've got you know the junior characters operating was... out of vans. In the yeah, it's fucking LCD vans. It's not even transit oh. vans as well. It's the thing. It's a crazy. white van with a Primus stickered on the side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about F three and F two next week. But just in case I forget, that was just that shit was hilarious. Right. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. I've been Graham. I've been Warren Van Man. Yeah. Brilliant. And, uh, oh, it's losing the weekend for a long time. shot on by a bird just to talk, mention that again. Just. <laughs> uh, they say it's good luck. I guess it wasn't bad luck in the end. No, I suppose. But, uh, never ideal when a bird shits on you. So, uh, yeah. But he recovered well. And, uh, and I'll tell you about one tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, we shall see you, uh, see you next week. Goodbye.